right, guys. Welcome to this week's episode of Crime at the Family Table. I am so sorry I missed you guys last week. Um, I actually got it into my mind from talking with Alyssa and thinking about how I wanted this season to end um, is has been crazy. So let me just kind of get you guys up to speed a little bit and then we'll get into this week's episode, okay? All right. So first things first. The last, the next three episodes, so this episode and two more episodes after this, will be the last episodes of this season. I decided not to do 15 um, simply because of time constraints and the fact that this season two has been kind of dragging. So I definitely don't want to drag it any further up than I have to be. Um, and up, lastly, there is another part of this, which is that the last three episodes will be three-part episodes so the three-part episodes will be involving a very recent case that happened during the height of the pandemic um in 2020 and by america we were all eyes on deck and it was definitely something that we that we all saw and we just, we knew what the ending was going to be because, you know, anybody that's a true crime fan or somebody that watches uh, any type of Law and Order or Criminals, we just, we had a feeling of how this was going to end. Um, so I decided to do the Lori, the Lori Vallow Daybell and Chad Daybell case. I decided to do this because this, I think, was, the mother of all cases like I think this case exemplifies what I really wanted to start this season with like what me and Alyssa had in mind when we talked about the mother idea and we wanted it to be based around the complexities of these cases like and how people kind of don't want to believe what is even standing there right in their faces Lori Vallow Daybell definitely was a crazy time and it felt like it happened so quickly but took so long and it just it really hit you and even all the questions that we have have not even been answered hopefully by the time the trial happens in 2023 and also with the new show that's coming out on Netflix in November this year. I think it's the first week of November on Netflix, Sins of a Mother, which is talking about uh, Lori Vallow and just getting into, you know, the thick of it. So I definitely want to use this this three-parter to get into what I could find. One of the one of the big things that I wanted to do with this was break it down into three parts that would get as much information in as possible um, without clogging the case because it's there's a lot of complex information and a lot of moving parts. So a lot of things probably will still be left on the table, but I'll try to put everything out as much as I can. So this is how it will go. The first part we will be doing today, we'll be talking about Lori Vallow um, and before the case, the big case. So we want to get into Lori Vallow's background, um, who she is, like what she was kind of beforehand, and to get an understanding of everything. So one of the big 
uh, parts is her and her life and who she is because we really understand that this is a woman who started off one way and and then towards the end in like not even in a long time within a year have been indoctrinated to believe a certain thing and whose grasp on reality had definitely moved from one of a clear a clear mind with a loving heart to somebody who was definitely riddled down with 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 mental health issues that really needed help this this case will talk about religion it will talk about you know death um there are a lot of people in this case so i i do know they'll be kind of difficult to keep up with so if you need to pause rewind it please do that for yourself because you know there are some names in here that will come and go and that won't be mentioned again all right okay so a huge part of what made me decide on Lori uh, Vala was I kept coming back to her case. Like I kept coming back to what what is it? Like what is the what is the crux of who she is? Why did she do this? Who who could have predicted this? Was there what were the signs? What were the things that were happening behind the scenes? And just how, like, how could a mom just do this to her children? And and that's where we get into what the last part is going to be, which will be, where are we now? Like, what questions do we still have at the end of this, uh, at the end of this research? What are some of the things that we wish would be uncovered in the November um docu uh, docu series i think it's going to just be a, a a special but it might be a docu series and what are some of the things we hope will come out during the trial and what are some and and what are some things that we think can definitely help so situations like this don't happen in the future maybe we can't figure that out because we're not you know we don't have a crystal ball on situations like this But what are some things that that we really need to like talk about when it comes to cases like this? So Lori Vallo is not one like she is a representative of a huge issue that can happen where as we as I've talked about in different cases of people who kind of don't get the second look are kind of able to go under the radar because people trust that you're a mom and that you wouldn't hurt your kids and people want to believe the best and that is a huge reason why Lori Valla was able to kind of shimmy by in society and people believed her because she had built up this personal currency with people that has allowed her to feel like a good person to other people because she she's built this idea in in and of herself and she's definitely utilized a part of that good social currency and her no previous history of like these these problems in her favor to for to allow what happened to go on for so long so 
honestly, that just going to lead me into our case today. So this episode today will be our first part of a three-part series on Lori Vallow Daybell and Chad Daybell. So also part two will mention Chad Daybell. Um, this episode, I wanted to focus on Lori. Um, Chad will be mentioned, but is not in the context of like his whole part in this case. All right. Okay. So Lori Vallow Daybell was born Lori Cox in June 26, 1973 in San Bernardino County, California. Not much is known about her childhood, but she was seen as sweet, quiet, and she was one of the big part of her personality is her devotedness, her devotedness to her Mormon LDS faith. So Mormons, as we know, or church, the Church of Latter Day Saints, is the Mormon religion. the The Mormon title is kind of old, and we can't they want to do away with it. But most people know them as the Mormon religion. And just for some context, Mormons believe that the key element is Son Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, belief in modern prophets, continuing revelation, and belief that through Christ's atonement of all mankind may be saved by obedience to the laws of ordinance of the church gospels, belief in in the in the importance of the rep, repentance repentance and baptism of immersion for forgiveness of sins and the belief that the right of all people to worship God as they please. The Articles of Faith also affirm uh, a belief in the Bible as the word of God and so far as it is correct translate and in the Book of Mark as equally important scriptures. So there are like a lot of more moving parts to being part of the Mormon religion. Um, some people may not like there are some rules underneath the Mormon faith. A lot of people that live live by this faith generally people say like Idaho, there's a huge Mormon population in Arizona, there's some in California. Like the Mormon faith is pretty um, large and you do find that these people just live things a little differently. They it is technically a Christian religion but it follows the Book of Mormonism, which is, which is different. So, which is, which is a a subtext to, well, a huge part of their text to what they follow day by day. So, Lori grew up with five siblings and her mom and dad in the San Bernardino County of California. And her faith was a huge part of who she was as a child. And Lori grew up and she was on the cheerleading squad. She had a close relationships with her siblings, it seems. Uh, her brother, Adam um, Cox, talked about how he helped her shoot a basketball. He, like, how, how, how he was completely, like, this, who Lori ends up being is completely different from the sister that he's known. She was bright, bubbly, and never stepping out of place in a sense and i'm sure behind closed doors you never know everybody likes to have their fun but lori was very much a by the books person and just sweet as humanly pie 
one of the things that is a big part of Lori is that when she graduated from high school, she married her high school sweetheart, uh, Nelson Yanes, in 1992, but they divorced that same year. They didn't have any children. Uh, Lori, of course, being young at this time, she is, you know, only 19 young i'm pretty sure that she just wants to figure everything out with herself so a few years after that she gets bitten by the love bug again and she marries a man named william laguana laguana legio from 1995 to 1996 and from there they have their son colby whose last name is ryan which is a little weird because that becomes her third husband's name who is joseph ryan from 01 to 04 and he, they, they do get a divorce, and they um, have a child by the name of Tylee Ryan. Colby seems to have taken Joseph's name, and I am uncertain of why, because William is alive, and it seems like he's still around at points, so that was a little weird, but maybe because he probably didn't have a huge part in his life, I do know that, that can sometimes happen, and sometimes as parents, you kind of want your kids to kind of have the same last name, you kind of don't want your kids to have multiple names because it's just you know it's not always a good look and of course like i said they do get a divorce in 04 not much is known about these marriages except for joseph ryan joseph ryan does not seem to get along with Lori's brother alex and they is some contention does happen there but it's uncertain of why why is it so much uh, animosity and irritability because it just seems like you know they got divorced and things just didn't work out. But the love bug seems to hit Lori again with the by the name with a man named, by the name of Charles Valo. Charles like seems to be the one like by all accounts like he seems to be someone that Lori was probably going to do this thing called life with for a long time. Like him and her just hit it off. He did not start off as a Mormon. Uh, he started off under the Catholic faith, but converted because he wanted to stay with Lori. And and being with her meant that he had to be of Mormon faith. He could not, they could not marry if he was not a Mormon. That just wasn't what happened. And so he made the switch. And during their time being married, so they married in 2005. Colby and uh, Tylee love Charles. It seems it, like no, nothing crazy happens during this time. They do live in Arizona, so different parts of Arizona. And there is some point where they move to Kauai, Hawaii, and and for a little bit because they run a small business. Everything seems to be going cool. Like it's 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 not nothing is crazy happening. So. Mainly, you see that Lori has a really deep relationship with her family as well as the LDS church. So some of the things that she does at the LDS church is being a part of women's groups, running the Sunday school, and doing different things, organizational things in, within the church. But a huge part of her is also her motherhood. So there is a video out there that you can find with Lori uh wearing this sash and things. And she just talks about how being a mother is like her greatest accomplishment, 
how she just can't imagine not being a mom and just the love for her kids. Like some people have talked about how she just, I mean, some people just talked about how she just eased into motherhood just so easily. And it isn't shocking that they wanted to expand this parentalhood even further. So Charles' sister has a grandson by the name of Joseph, uh, or JJ as he is called, and he is in need of adopting, and Charles, being the great uncle of JJ, decides, hey, I'll let's adopt him, we're going to take him in, and this is in 2014, and everything seems to be going great, like, it's fine, uh, JJ is diagnosed with autism, so there are some behavioral things, and he probably does need to be in special needs schools and things like that because, you know, he has some behaviors. But it seems that Lori took that in stride. She never had this anger in her from any of his behaviors. It seemed that everything was just perfect. Like, she, even when he would get rambunctious in the temple, um, he, he would seem to be just oh just fawned over like she she couldn't see anything it was as if the sun and the moon just shunned from her children and if you look at her social media that which was up you see like it is just rows and rows of pictures of her her and the kids being out in in the outside and in nature and her love for being a mom is just evident and her love for her children is so like you could almost feel it through these images and it just doesn't seem like anything is just going on that would be out of the ordinary. But that isn't always the case. Oh, something to mention, though, is that Charles does have two children from a previous relationship, previous marriage, and they're two sons, but they're a little older, so we don't kind of hear about them until a little bit later, so stay tuned for, like, kind of that information in part two. But it seems like everything is going fine. But right around 2018, we begin to see certain things are beginning to change. So Lori starts to become pretty into this man named Chad Daybell, who is a doomsday Mormon super Mormon author like him and his wife Tammy are authors of these books that combine kind of doomsday talks and life and advice and fiction and religion all culminated into different types of books it is so let me tell you guys some of the titles of Chad Daybell's books Uh, Living on the Edge of Heaven, Days of Fury, Evading Babylon. So Evading Babylon is one in the near future, the world as we know it will be sudden change. Natural disasters will lead to economic difficulties, leaving the United States on the edge of collapse. During this time of strife, members of the LDS Church uh, will be invited to be leaders to survive this, survive the civil unrest by gathering to holy refuge so yeah like a lot of one foot in the grave 
the strange but true adventures of cemetery sexton it it definitely martial law all natural disasters and economic difficulties have left the united states of collapse and national major the nation's major cities are becoming lawless battlefields nathan foster and maria shaw find themselves trapped in chicago where they are out out with their enemies and hope to reunite uh with their families yeah so like plenty of how do i say doomsday mixed with mormonism advice and things like and things that are definitely a part of the mormon faith but kind of the edge of mormon faith so like mormons don't necessarily like to let's say talk about this part it's definitely hush hush like people may talk about in groups and things like that but it's not something that is always like brought up a something else also happens in 2018 which is quite shocking so joseph ryan tiley's father and a former stepfather to colby um dies of a sudden heart attack in 2018 it, rumors are saying that him and Alex Cox, uh, Lori's brother, had previously gotten into it. It had been some weird stuff, but it apparently was just a very strange but sudden death. And there are still, like, for some people, there's still unanswered questions. But by all accounts, Joseph Ryan died of natural causes, sadly. And, you know, Tylee is left to deal with those feelings and things like that. Um, in October of that year, that is when Lori and Chad meet at a conference in in Gregory, Idaho, and they kind of just hit it off. They're texting and calling, and there's there's so many things going on. They're building this friendship, it seems, and then Tammy who's his wife, who they share five children with. Yeah, there's five children again. Like, I mean, I guess they're cool with everything. Uh, Chad and Lori then start a podcast where they start pushing more of this doomsday idea, these end of world ideals. And then what happens next is by January of 2019, Charles is calling the police to just like because things are getting just completely out of hand he's telling police like hey something is wrong with my wife she's not mentally sound like things are just not okay um there is video of charles talking and he just looks worn out and worried it's then there are videos of Lori and Tylee in this interview room talking and like Lori is kind of laughing off this idea of being crazy and and being out of her mind and saying, well, if I need to be in a facility, let pick pick a facility for me to go to, kind of pushing away and almost laughing off this idea of her ever being crazy. And during this time, it is surface that the family does want to kind of have an intervention with Lori to see what is going on because they are noticing this behavior themselves. But at points, it doesn't seem that this ever happens because the events of today kind of happened some months afterwards. So let me continue. 
if behind the scenes there were other things that were happening. So Lori did go to a women's group in which she through the LDS church uh, that she was in, and she would just talk about spirituality and also trying to use spirituality to okay her wanting to murder her ex-husband uh joseph ryan yeah so it seems that she had this disdain and hate for joseph ryan according to Lori, this is unsubstantiated claims there is no evidence that this ever happened so you're not going to even pretend it did that that pretty much she's saying that he sexually abused uh tylee and i think i believe she said colby as well and that he abused her and then there was just tons of abuse that was going on none of this was like was ever found to be true by police police apparently did investigate these claims but nothing came about it so it just seems like she was just using this to explain away murder and to kind of just build this foundation for her for like what she was talking about to explain away well using biblical text to explain away why why she would murder someone which is really so insane and the fact that then joseph ryan then dies it's 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 so wild to even think like hey here here we have this woman feeling like she would kill kill him and we justify because of all the abuse and then he dies it of course it's going to bring up suspicion but it was investigated that joseph ryan did die of a heart um of a heart attack and of natural causes it is no evidence that he was poisoned or anything like that so i'm glad that she had no involvement in his death um but it's sad to see that he did pass away um, a huge part of what was going on was a mixture of mental health, what we see, and some biblical and Chad Daybell influence. So, like I said before, Chad wrote books. He, you know, he talked about doomsday stuff, and it doesn't seem like before, uh, before Lori met him, that she was talking about this type of thing. It seemed like he was a major influence once she started, like, reading his books. So prior to actually meeting him at the conference, Lori did get into some of his literature. So she had already kind of been bringing this stuff up in her groups, and it seemed like it was due to the fact that she had also been getting influenced by the books before the meeting and of course chad is going to stroke these these fires like he's not i mean he's glad to have you know a partner in crime and what it seems like is that we have two people that have met each other that have these really delusioned beliefs so a huge thing that does come up from Charles speaking with the police, I keep saying huge, but the, these things are so important. It's like these little nuggets of stuff are so important. So Charles tells police in January of 2019 that Lori is talking about um, how she herself is Jesus 
and that she is like the second coming and that she has met Jesus one-to-one and there are different things that have come up. She is also kind of just talking as if like if he gets away of her her and seemingly Chad's mission for the world that that she he would get he would be getting rid of that she would get rid of him by any means necessary and he all he wants to do is protect his children and it seems that he was right in thinking that so how weird is it that within one year four people are killed and questions still remain on why so Lori and Chad have a lot of blood on their hands and a lot of questions swirling around them. So please, guys, tune in next week for part two of the Lori and Chad Daybell case. All right. Bye. Mm-hmm.